Hey there, and welcome to Busting Out of Breast Cancer, the show that has us straight talking about surviving and thriving breast cancer using the SMILE method. I am Shannon Bros, your host for the show. I empower women to invest in their most valuable assets, their homes, health, and happiness. I found my purpose at the intersection of passion and pain while navigating my own breast cancer journey and became the person I couldn't find, a certified cancer exercise specialist. And I want to make sure I share all my expertise and knowledge with you to help you navigate your journey as well. Not to mention, there's a big gap between the medical and fitness industries that I am on a mission to fill. On this show, we share survivor stories and talk about thriving in life, not just surviving. Welcome back to the show. Today, we have the pleasure of talking with Dr. Cynthia Ambrace, Executive VP and Chief Medical Officer at Kate Farms. She actually leads the clinical strategies and research initiatives at Kate Farms and oversees the clinical nutrition managers there as well. We're going to talk about the importance of nutrition before, during, and after breast cancer treatment. And I know this is a huge topic when it comes to um, cancer and just overall health in general. So welcome. Thank you so, so much for being here and taking the time out to to speak with me and also educate our listeners on the importance of nutrition and talk to us about Kate Farms. I had never heard of Kate Farms, so I'm really excited to learn more about um, this organization and all the um, all the products that you have to offer. Oh well, thank you so much for having me. And you know, you're talking about two things uh, very close to my heart: helping people, <laughs> just in general. I love that you say you close the gap between fitness and you know cl- the clinical medical field because there is obviously a very huge gap. And, you know, in my experience, uh, Shannon, you know, I came up and I've been in this for 35 years now. So uh, for me, uh, when I started, there was no training. I went to, you know, very prominent medical uh, medical school in the country, Mount Sinai, New York, and no nutrition uh, classes at all and no um, background in that. And still today, only about 25% of, um, you know, medical schools offer actually a nutrition course. So doctors are still coming out kind of untrained in this area. And we uh, fortunately at least now have a lot of registered dietitians and nutritionists and other uh, providers like yourself and people that are informed to help patients. But there's that gap, you know, where people want to go to their doctor and they want to get that information, right? And we aren't really generally skilled enough to do it. So very early in my career, I was aware of that, that, you know, there's something wrong here. And I was raised that, you know, you are what you eat kind of thing. <laughs> so right. I think that that's still true. You know, you are what you eat. So um, for me, it's been quite the journey, the personal journey. My mother had breast cancer when she was 65. I was looking for, you know, what we needed to do uh, for her. And then just my journey with patients in general, trying to stay healthy, no matter what, you know, with or without cancer, trying to prevent cancer, you know, trying right. to uh, miss the bullet, as we say. Um, so, you know, we know that one in eight women, as you know, have, 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 you know, in the United States are diagnosed with invasive breast cancer each year, which is quite significant. And, you know, what are we sort of doing about that? Because I used to hear a lot and in the medical field, you hear a lot about, um, you know, how we are going to figure out if, you know, diagnose, right. It's, so it's diagnosing and, but diagnosis is, is wonderful, but early and early detection is wonderful, but it's not actually preventive. Right, right. Not preventative, you know. So, what can we do to sort of keep our bodies healthy is the important thing. And my road uh, in my own nutrition has driven me more toward a plant-based diet. I started sort of researching and reading. My my um, 
uh, partner of 21 years, he's a, a diabetic and, you know, wanted to see, you know, what can we do to get him off medications and those kinds of things. So I think that nutrition is something for all of us. I hope this is sort of something that anyone could listen to, whether they have had breast cancer or not, maybe in somebody in their families, I think we've all been touched by it. You know, with one in eight women, we either have had it ourselves or know someone close to us uh, who's been dealing with breast cancer that we maybe wish to support. Absolutely. So there's, there's that as well. But mostly so prevention, like those of you that are listening that, you know, have not, you know, experienced your own journey. Let's talk about preventing it. I'm always, you know, figuring out ways. How can we do things to prevent any health, you know, any health diagnosis, right? Whether it's heart disease yeah. or, you know, high blood pressure, cancer, obviously being the prominent one. But yes, I mean, I think it's fascinating. First, before I even ask you the next question, my first mm-hmm. important question is, how is your mom? Is she okay? She's, well, she's, she's passed away. That was, you know, 25 years ago. So she okay. lived to 91, but wow. Nice. <laughs> At okay. 65, she had a breast cancer. So I think she did, you know, she did pretty well. And, um, you know, we got through it and uh, a lot of work on her nutrition, keeping her body strong, you know, things like that, that we learned. And honestly, I had to learn it sort of piecemeal, just like everyone else, because I wasn't, like I said, trained in it. And I didn't really have colleagues who really knew what to do either. And so it was a very interesting um, thing to go through as an individual on the other side of it, right? So, you know, not as the physician, but on the other side, talking to her oncologist who really knew literally nothing about it and didn't even know what to tell us or didn't just try to get something down, they would say, you know, just keep food, you know, so that you don't lose a lot of weight, but they really didn't know much more than that. So fortunately, you know, we've learned some things and the science is growing. So I'd say, um, thank you for, for asking that, um, you know, and then, you know, I sort of wound up at Cape Farms because Cape Farms, as you know, is a nutrition company and we are very much, um, you know, it's plant-based and we are really looking to help people have an alternative for either as, as a supplement or it can be a, a you know, whole full source meal um, for uh, getting the proper type of nutrition that you may need, especially for those who you know, are advanced in their cancer diagnosis or for any reason, you, know, you can't quite get the meals you need. It's, you know, it's a liquid form of nutrition is really helpful. So that's where sort of Cake Farms comes into my life. And it's, um, you know, it's, it's sort of on the that trajectory we all go through of where our journey is. And, you know, that's where I've come to. And I said, oh my goodness, a nutrition company, it's, it's the best place for me right now. Sure. To really be helping people who need better nutrition. And uh, as I've turned to more of a plant-based diet myself, Shannon, I have um, become much more associated with, you know, eating. I'm not completely vegan, but I definitely eat at least, you know, 75% of my diet is plant-based. And it's for all the reasons I'll, I'll talk a little bit about now, because I think it's so important for all of us to be, you know, sort of focusing in on what, what we need to do. So, you know, it's not, um, it's not rocket science, really, you know, when people say things like eat the rainbow and things like that. It, these are all little tips for us to help us remember what we're looking for. So sort of why plants and why not meat, right? So we know that in the research, we're starting to see that meat might be in fact a culprit in terms of why we might be uh, getting uh, breast cancer and um, that there are uh, carcinogenic effects of, of meat, uh, especially red meat. So there's a sense of uh, you know trying to move a little bit away from that and towards plants. We also know that plants have something called, you know, sort of phytonutrients, phytochemicals in them. And it really is, it's very interesting because those are to protect the plant from disease. 
<laughs> so, <laughs> so as they're protecting themselves from disease, we could adjust them and we can help our, you know, our bodies with uh, protecting from disease as well, as well as, you know, there's a lot of information. I think people are hearing this term, so it's not too woo woo or too much science, but microbiome, you know, that the gut microbiome is responsible for so much more than we ever thought possible. Right. So that what goes in the gut is being, you know, there's bacteria, there's, um, a microbiome, there's a, there's colonies of sort of uh, bacteria that are living in there to sort of help us to synthesize the food, to get, um, to get our food digested properly, and also to remove toxins. So if we eat certain types of food, we're starting to understand, gee, this makes a difference in, in our health overall. And we're beginning to see more and more studies like this. We're associated with an organization, ACLM, the American College of Lifestyle Medicine, and we love them because uh, they've been doing a lot of work in this area and now even certify people around this. So, you know, I'd say to people, just start to think in terms of uh, more plants on the, on the plate. Um, it's, you know, food is very important to us. It's cultural. It means a lot to people, it's social. So I don't like to say, oh, you have to sort of jump over here, become vegan or vegetarian. So first it's about just trying to get a little bit of meat off the plate, dairy off the plate, dairy we know to be inflammatory. And we're starting to see many more studies about inflammation in the body. And again, these are things that are good for everyone, all chronic diseases. So right. we see decreases in diabetes, we see decreases in cardiovascular disease, as well as cancers. So it's not just cancer, it's really the overall health of the body, right? So we want to do that anti-inflammatory piece. And we know that plants are anti-inflammatory. We understand that dairy is a little, in, a little inflammatory and people get, oh no, I don't want to give up my dairy. And I don't really think that's affecting me that way. So I always say to people, you know how you eat a little ice cream and you get that <clears throat> in the back of the throat? Well, that's inflammation. <laughs> you know? That's sort of like almost like a mini, a little bit of an allergic response, if you will. Well, the body's pushing back and saying, wait a minute, <laughs> something is not right here. So, you know, start to just think about those things that actually make the body feel good. We talk about um, plants, we talk about fiber a lot and trying to get um, a more high fiber diet. And people say, oh, fiber, they start thinking, oh, it's just um, sort of the heavy vegetables. And it is, of course, the broccolis and things like that, but it's all of the berries as well. So yes. you know, the strawberries and the raspberries and the blueberries and, and the pears. So it's, it's a lot of wonderful fruits that are delicious that you can eat as well. And um, I've learned to love broccoli and a lot of other things that I didn't like as much as a child, but you know, it's not all boiled vegetables as I, I So you're not recommending eat. like broccoli with cheese sauce is what you're saying. No, I'm not really. <laughs> <laughs> other ways to probably make that a little bit of flavorful, but you know, definitely. You feel, I don't, yeah, I don't ahead, mean to please. cut you off, but speaking yeah. of cheese, how do you feel about nutritional yeast as a substitute for like Parmesan cheese, for example? I think it's wonderful. I used it this morning. Um, I did some egg whites, uh, which um, my, you know, my partner, uh, he likes to eat the egg whites. So I said, I put some egg whites with a plant bowl. And then I did some nutritional yeast on it. And this was the first time. So I have yet to ask him what he thought, like <laughs> the nutritional yeast, but it gives that nice cheesy flavor, right? right. So wonderful. And exactly. um, of course it also feeds the microbiome and feeds our gut. So it's good, it's good stuff. So thank you for bringing that up. That, that's a great one. Um, you know, so I like to recommend that, you know, again, eating the rainbow, getting those vegetables in, getting those fruits in, if you're still eating uh, some form of, um, 
uh, animal protein, then, you know, of course, fish is, is something that we look at and the fattier fishes are better. Uh, so the salmon, those kinds of things. And we try to, you know, wander a little bit away from um, the cow. So not only just the dairy, but also the, the meat from the cow and then, you know, chicken just a little bit, again, reducing it on the plate, reducing it on the plate, not trying to get everyone to, you know, go straight vegan. Obviously, if you're um, been eating a certain way all your life, it takes time to make changes. Um, so I do recommend that people just sort of start slow and start mini to steps. see, yeah, many steps eating out, trying, you know, vegan restaurants and, and restaurants that are, are uh, plant-based is very helpful. And in, in our universe where we have, um, you know, at Cape Farms, we started out dealing with, you know, the very sick kids, mainly pediatric, you know, supporting those kids uh, through chronic diseases. And so they are very some, sometimes sole source, you know, so they have to eat or drink um, uh, a formula. And so that's where our formulas are based, but we've gone on to produce a nutrition shake, a, you know, glucose control, a renal support to help people. Because again, if we know that we have this basic plant-based nutrition formula, it can help everyone. So we are understanding through the science and through our own actual experiences that we can help, you know, really, um, you know, hundreds of millions of people that could use some form of um, a digestible nutrition that is, it's supportive to the sort of plant-based program, if you will. I, I myself drink, I drink at Cape Farms every day, you know, so I drink it in the morning or at, at lunch. Sometimes it's because I'm a little rushed and I want to make sure that I'm getting a good meal. So, so you use it as a meal replacement, yeah, not just I use as, okay. it as a meal replacement. And, you know, with cancers, we definitely recommend this very often to patients. And we do have a more concentrated hypercaloric uh, formula called our 1.4, because some people really do need to build up their calories, right? So, you know, moving into sort of what happens once you get that diagnosis, I think is important for us to talk a little bit about and, you know, again, go for the color, right? The colorful diet. So let's do that. And I talked to a couple of the clinicians that I work with as that are sort of external to Cape Farms, but help us out a lot with information and still seeing a lot of patients in the real world. Um, and, you know, they gave sort of great thoughts to this. And I said, cause I always like to think about what other people are thinking as well as my own thoughts. And so, um, you know, one of our uh, clinical nutrition experts, Cordialis Misura Casago said to me, you know, just think about color, thinking about reminding people always to drinking the fluids, right? So making sure we're staying hydrated. That's always important, but even more important when you have that cancer diagnosis or you have cancer, you have to make sure you're keeping your body well hydrated to remove waste, right? You're trying to remove waste and detoxify. Um, the other recommendation that she made, which I thought was so important is planning ahead. So when you, you know, there are going to be days you don't feel so great. So you want to maybe on the day you are feeling well, make those extra meals, you know, so make those extra meals, have them at the ready. And then you, when you don't have that much energy, you don't have to worry about preparing a meal. She also recommended the freezing of soups and things mm -hmm. like that, which I think was, is very helpful. You know, it's always nice to have a good soup and, you know, it just, it's kind of warms the heart in the belly. You know, I always think even in healthy. Florida, we love soups <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, when you're not, when you're not feeling well, it's just, it's like, it's just a great thing to, to sort of have, you know, making a big batch and putting in the freezer, that kind of thing. And then, you know, you can fill that with all your colorful vegetables, your broccoli, your carrots, your cauliflower, your corn, and any of your sort of favorites. And um, I think everyone that's, 
in this space right now, really looking at eating healthy recommends, even if they're again, not vegan themselves or even vegetarian, they say, try to look beyond your meat for your protein sources. Right. So again, it's sort of my way of looking. Yeah. <laughs> so I, those of you, I, I always write notes, like whenever I'm okay. interviewing, I always write notes because if someone's talking, I'm like, Oh, I want to go back to that. I want to go back to that. So I have like yes, a bunch so, of, oh, so I do not mean, I do not mean to cut you off and be rude, no, 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 means, but it was perfectly. Cause I just got done writing question mark, best protein for plant-based. Now I've entered, I've interviewed a, um, a cancer specialist dietitian, and we've discussed this, but I'd love to hear this from your point of view always, because you know, everyone has a little bit of a different point of view. And, um, sure. I, people always ask me all the time, Oh, did you go vegan or plant-based when you were diagnosed with cancer? I'm like, no. Because that to me was just like horrifying to have to like cut out chicken or like cut out yeah. a burger here and there or whatever. You know right. what I mean? But like right. and growing and especially like let's say you're from the Midwest, like up north Midwest, like it's a very big thing, right? So it's hard. I mean, in Florida, we do like to have the lighter meals anyway, because you always want to look trim. But um, <laughs> but so let me let's talk about real quick because I had a few questions here. One, I want to I want to hear your version of what you feel like the best protein is for plant-based. And also you talked about inflammation, which I've talked about before in numerous episodes, how inflammation is like basically the root cause of the majority of chronic diseases, especially cancer. And that obviously comes from the foods that you're eating, whatever that is, that's causing inflammation, right? Like you talked about dairy and you get that, you know, maybe some people's going to have that same reaction with ice cream, but someone is not right. But what are those foods that are causing inflammation? Then I want to talk about the sugars in the foods. And then also the hormones. And I know that was a lot. So let's start with the protein because you just talked about the protein. So would you please share with us what you feel like are the best sources of protein for a plant, a plant-based, or I don't want to say like completely full, you know, vegan yeah. vegetarian, because it is hard. Like you said earlier, you know, it's, it's like any routine, same thing with fitness. You're not going to jump in. You're not going to do your you're saying, okay, well, I've been eating crap for the last five years, 10 years. And I, you know, I'm severely overweight. I, you know what, tomorrow that's it. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to eat healthy. I'm going to meal prep and I'm going to get up and work out and exercise. And, oh, by the way, when I drink a ton of water too, it's like, you're setting yourself up for failure right then and there. You might as well just say, forget it. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Start with one thing and one little thing. So yeah, yeah. let's talk about protein. Absolutely. So, you know, we've got um, all sorts of things and some of them don't sound exciting to people, you know, the lentils, the beans, the nuts that are rich in fiber as well as protein. Um, We use in in our cake farms formula, we use yellow pea. And the reason why we use yellow pea is because it's got the height. So when when you look at digestibility of protein, um, there's something called PDCAS. That's just a measure. Uh, that's used to look at it and whey and casein. I don't know if this is just because of the dairy industry, but I'll say whey and casein have a 1.0, right? So that's the highest in terms of digestibility of, of protein. So it's, that's considered the, um, you know, the premium, right? So the thing about yellow pea and, and like our formulas and the one that we use, it also has a 1.0. So this is not true of um, soy or other things that might be more of a 0.6, things like that as you go down the chain. So in digestibility obviously is important, right? Because if it's, you're not digesting it well, it's not being used in the body. So we do uh, like the yellow pea and, and that's what we use. But again, peas are, you know, a you know, type of, of lentil. So beans, nuts, and lentils. And then, um, you know, again, there are other protein sources like, um, you know, salmon, the more oily fish uh, that can be helpful. And for those people who are going to eat meat, it's very interesting. We're starting to see studies 
that show it's not just the meat, but it's the cooking of the meat that increases the carcinogenic genicity, right? So high heat. So the idea that you don't want to just cook it till it's crust, you know, and it's very an inter- very interesting thing, Shannon, because in the African American communities, we very often like you'll always hear the well done after that when they're when ordering, right? Well done, you know, steak, well done burger. So lightening up a little bit on that doneness can be helpful, interestingly. And uh, of course, reducing it significantly. So we don't want, and, and I agree with you 100%, because food is so important to us culturally, personally, socially, that it's, and maybe one would say it's sort of not even the time when you're going through such a difficult situation as a cancer diagnosis to start trying to jump in there and say, oh, go vegan, you know? Mm-hmm. So I never do that with, with people or, or family or friends or patients. I always say, let's just try to reduce the amount of meat on your plate. And also let's try to do that before we get cancer as well, right? So start to do that reduction of meat and have the majority of the plate be you know, plant-based. And I think that we can do that and still enjoy the qualities of those things that we really love and an occasional burger here and there, that's not the problem. I think the issues are that we have people who are eating every day, almost no vegetables and fruits, and they're eating, you know, the fried foods, the very well done, you know, heavily cooked, heavily processed food exclusively, and a lot of dairy on top of it. So it's, I believe, you know, this combination of things, I'm not one to to think in extremes. And I've never been that way. I think it's very difficult for for patients to, and for people (laughs) to follow that kind of recommendation. So I'm very careful not to do that with myself. You know, I went straight vegan for six months and I felt like I needed to introduce some fish um, for me. And then, you know, every now and then I will have a a little meat as well, but it's not very often. And, you know, it's um, our tastes change and our habits change over time. So it, the science also says it takes about 90 days to sort of change that sort of the taste, you know, for wanting, wanting, wanting. And so, you know, getting a little, for me, it was important to get a little of the salt out, um, wanted to decrease some of the sugar and those kinds of things. So just reducing, 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 and then getting to a place that's literally palatable, you know, for you. So still tastes good. It's important for us, you know, people talk about, you know, the Cape Farms formulas. I, I always say it's delicious. That's why I'm able to drink it every day. So that helps me if it tasted like, you know, uh, dishwater, I want it. And, you know, I I don't want to drink that and I don't want to recommend other people drink it. So we always want to think about the flavorful things. And I love that you brought up the nutritional yeast because of that cheesy kind of flavor that it gives things. And it's really important because cheese is um, quite an element of the diet for, especially for our Americans. Yes, yes. Absolutely. And you brought up sugars, which is another one of my favorite (laughs) topics Um, and and extremes, you know, you know, being in the fitness industry as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, yes, I'm a realtor. That's my, my full-time job, but I'm also a certified trainer and cancer exercise specialist. So, you know, I talk a lot about, um, you know, lifestyle changes, right? It's a lifestyle by design and creating that. And my tagline is changing the world one smile at a time. (laughs) <laughs> and, so, I love and, it. and smile stands for simply making individual lifestyle enhancements. And that's exactly what it is. Just make those individual lifestyle enhancements. What you recommend to me to do for my, you know, whether it's for 
to prevent cancer or any other disease, or if I have a cancer diagnosis and what you recommend to the person that comes in after me could be completely different because we're all different. We're all made up differently. Yes, there can be certain guidelines. And, and this is what I talk about in the medical industry is I really advocate for people to be in control of their own health, their own diagnosis and their own journey. Yes, you know, the doctors have the medical background, the medical profession, but there's some doctors that are strictly textbook and that's it. And there's some that will literally sit down with you and be like, let's talk about you. Let's talk about any other diseases you have. Let's talk about any other health conditions you have. What is your lifestyle like? How is this going to impact it? Like, it's important to have a team of doctors and that includes a nutritionist um, that can all come together, that all work together and can strive for the same thing, right? Yes. And uh, sugars is a a big thing in so many foods. I'm a huge advocate of being able to read nutritional labels and things like that. And I've taken a lot of my clients on grocery store tours and I've educated my daughter in fifth grade. We had to do a science project that was all about sugar and that was disgusting and eye-opening. And I put it into the gym that I worked at. (laughs) I was like, this is why I tell you, you can't have this and this and this, but extremes, right? It's about limiting. Talked about the 90 days, you know, your, your palate changes. Once you remove the sugars that you're having in your food, you don't crave them anymore. Exactly. exactly. So, you know, being yeah. able to change those things and, you know, there's always that fine balance of, I'm not really a big fruit eater other than berries. Like I, I don't, you know, I, do I like bananas in a smoothie? Absolutely. Cause they're sweet, but I try to, you know, balance the whole sugar thing. Right. I stick with just strawberries, blueberries, raspberries, thing, you know, things like that. But let me tell you a good ripe cantaloupe sometimes for just like that juicy sweetness. That's like a treat. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. And we do, you know, I don't ever tell people that we don't, you don't want to have that treat or treat yourself. You know, that's not what life is about. Right. right? You know, so we, we want to incorporate the treats and we want to, you know, reminding us like dark chocolate is better than maybe the milk chocolate, those kinds of things. You can still Mm -hmm. have your chocolate. And in fact, dark chocolate may have some incredible benefits as well. So, you know, things like that, just moderation and it's moderation around, the calories that come from those foods. And so, you know, again, just like more vegetables and fruits on the plate, it's the same thing, less calories coming from those foods, because we also know, you know, when you have cancer, when you're going through, especially uh, some of the cancer therapies, there's weight loss, right? So we have weight loss and issues of trying to maintain weight. So people just like kind of putting whatever in their mouth. So just remembering that it still matters what goes in that, the, you're fighting the cancer and you're trying to make sure that those cancer cells are not propagating and not becoming, uh, you know, more of a problem because you're eating things that are feeding them. Right. So that's what we're, we're looking to do to just make that shift, mm-hmm. just the shift. And just in your mind, you're thinking about it from time to time. And again, like you said, over just a couple of months, you will see the difference for me. I'm, um, I like salty things and I also like sweet things, you know? So I've been trying for, for a long time, just, just reducing it. I still eat sweet things. I do sometimes get my, I found this vegan brownie recently that I'm just like <laughs> head over heels for, but it still of course has its sugar in there and it's got the chocolate in there and it's got the calories in there. So, you know, just remembering that you can always sort of monitor and sort of bring that down to make it again, palatable to you because I am just, um, you know, really a proponent, especially for people who are suffering from cancer. You know, you see that they have difficulty sometimes getting anything down. Mm -hmm. So you want to be very careful starting to just cut out all the things you enjoy and like eat this, um, eat these 
plants I'm throwing at you, you know? So uh, with, you know, that's why I think um, we really promote and I promote our formulas because there's something that you can drink, it's ready for you. And, you know, you can um, also have it if you have a, a G-tube or, you know, anything like that. Sometimes with head and neck cancers and other cancers. And sometimes with people just who have too much weight loss during the chemotherapy process, they may wound up with, they wind up with an enteral tube. So our formulas are both oral and enteral, you know, for that reason. But yes, I mean, everything you're saying is, is spot on to me. It's really, let's just figure out what we can do, what we can achieve. Um, you know, along with these things, of course, you still want to do the walking, you know, so we've, there's many studies that have shown just going more plant-based and doing the walking can decrease your cancer risk, like 62 to 67%. And, and those are easy things studies. to do. These are easy things to do. And those were studies in 30,000 women, postmenopausal women who, um, you know, without history of breast cancer, uh, limiting alcohol a little bit, again, the same thing, you know, not saying no red wine, because maybe red wine could actually be a little bit official. And, you know, plant-based diet and walking every day reduce their risk of cancer remarkably. So these are things, you know, again, in, in all of our health, it's not like it's just for breast cancer or just for cancer. It's for all of us. So I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to live my best life. I'm, you know, getting older. I want to make sure I'm still uh, doing the things I want to do as I get older and I'm doing it with a healthy body. So it's all about, uh, it's all about that. Really. Simply making individual lifestyle enhancements, right? Exactly. Just as easy as just getting up and walking. And I want to touch on anybody that's listening, somebody that's going through treatment right now and is having a hell of a time, even thinking about getting up to go walk or exercise, just the littlest things, get up and walk to the bathroom. You know what? Do that a couple times a day, get up and walk to the door, do that a couple times a day, get up and walk to the end of the driveway, like just progressively baby steps. So you can reward yourself. You know, you want to have those small wins because it feels good. Yes. And at least, you know, you're, you're making that effort. You're putting forth the effort to be like, I can do this. I, can, I got this. I got, I've made it through surgery. I'm going through treatment, but like, all I need to do is put one foot in front of the other, just like when you were a baby and learning how to walk. Right. That's exactly just, right. And, you know, it doesn't even have to be always getting up. I mean, we talked about this a lot when, you know, my company and I talked to a lot of people about being on Zoom all day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe not sitting down, maybe standing up every now and then, but yep. just the standing up and the sitting, because we also know that preventing chronic disease is about circulation. And in mm -hmm. Chinese medicine, they talk about this all the time, traditional Chinese medicine. It's all diseases related to lack of circulation. And I believe that to be true as well. Mm -hmm. So even if you're in the bed and you're sitting on the couch and you just do, you know, just, just hands, yeah, like <laughs> happy hands, um, happy hands, you know, uh, just jiggling the thighs and feet. Uh, we've, we, we know now that vibration keeps you from bo losing bone as you get older and having bone loss. So, you know, just doing something that, you know, put on some music that you kind of like and just jiggle. You know, just give your body a good jiggle every now and then during the day when you can. Um, a smile. I loved your your acronym there. And, you know, just the whole idea of smiling, putting a smile on your face changes the way you feel, mm -hmm. uh, changes your thought process and um, allows you to maybe get that extra little piece of energy, right? Where you can maybe jump up and do a little bit of hand raise and leg pulls. But in the morning, I wake up sort of that way. I, I just kind of wiggle my feet in the morning and, you know, stretch my arms out. And when I'm slow to get out of bed, that's what I do first. <laughs> I just kind of Listen, say. the older I get, the 
the more time I have to take, I'm like, I'll get up, I'll go to walk to the bathroom. I'm like, oh, all right. Well, we're going to shuffle our feet a little bit until like my feet decide they want to move. <laughs> or my husband will roll over. He's like, can you press on my back? I'm like, oh my God, is this where we're at right now? Just, just because- literally like circling the wrist and circling the ankles and, you know, just doing some, just bending the knees right in the bed. These are all movement. Mm-hmm. you know, movement exercises. And it may not seem like, well, it wasn't the exercise I was doing before I became ill, but it is exercise for the body. And, and the more important thing about that is it's moving the body to increase the circulation. And that's, that's so important. And I, and it made me think because my daughter's been sick with a head cold or whatever for the last couple of days. And she's talking about how her neck is sore. And I'm like, cause you haven't moved, you've been laying in bed, but even just like, even if you have a cold or even if you have your, your kids are sick, like get in there and move. So like, piece of advice, I guess, if you're going to go help someone or help a friend or family member that's going through treatment, know in the back of your mind, yes, movement is so important. Exercise is so important, but movement is just as important. So if you can help them with just like grab their hands and like, maybe they don't have the energy, the effort to even put forth to do it themselves, just grab their hands and just kind of like swing them back and forth or like shake their legs or something like that. And that's just, you know, it's the human touch, which everybody likes, right? There's a connection there. You feel like you're helping someone. They feel like you're helping them. And like, you know, there's just like that love, that bond that like, I mean, not like being weird, but like, there's just like, people generally want to help. Right. Yes. Yeah. So if you yes, can just absolutely. hold somebody's hand and just be like, I got you and just like swing the hand or like up and down or whatever. Just and move. my traditional Chinese medicine physician, Dr. Maoni, he always says, uh, massage is a lazy person's exercise. Right. So, there you go. So, you know, you just take the hands. I used to do this again with my mother, just uh, massaging her hands, massaging her feet. First of all, it feels great and it's moving blood. So, you know, just squeezing the calves. You can do this to yourself. You can, you know, sort of massage your own feet. You know, using your hands, you using, then you're massaging your hands almost as well. And then just squeezing the calves, getting that blood moving. So every day, a little bit of that, you know, your own personal, uh, become your own personal masseuse would be my recommendation there as well. Yeah, except don't ask me to touch your feet because I hate feet. (laughs) You'll be the hand person. They'll I'm, have, I'm good they'll on have hands. Get, I got the hands. Yes. They'll have to get somebody, another friend or another relative for the feet. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. That's correct. Um, real quick, if you don't mind, can we talk about hormones and the food? Because I am like at that point where I'm approaching, you know, perimenopause, menopause, and hormones play such a huge part. And no one really talks about it because the foods that you eat can affect your hormones and your hormone levels. And I talk about this because I go back to my own diagnosis. I knew my progesterone levels were low because I was having the feelings of high, high blood pressure and anxiety. And, but no one really talks about your hormones, how foods can affect your hormones and how your hormones play a huge part in not only cancer diagnosis, but so many other health conditions. Sure. Well, you know, it's interesting because um, you know, est- estrogen was pointed to as like such a culprit, right. in breast cancer. And of course it is that many breast cancers are estrogen receptor related. So, you know, supporting estrogen detoxification, uh, is something that plant compounds actually also do and vegetables, uh, support the microbiome and that diversity to detoxify. So we call them sort of, um, you know, the detoxification of all these sort of, uh, they call xenobiotic compounds, that are in, in some food. So, you know, the, the issue is again, trying to balance, there was some concern at one point that soy was a culprit, right? But soy, uh, we didn't really find that. And again, you know, science is only as good as the science of 
the times where it is. So I mm-hmm. always remind people we're always learning, right? So soy was thought to be a culprit. Now we're finding really that was because soy was tested in animals and people and animals do not process soy in the same way. So soy is not a bad thing for you, you know, unless you're eating some huge quantities of it, you know, more than two or three um, sort of servings a day. Most people are, are not doing that. Um, and then, you know, it's, it's hard with hormonal things because there's always this, you know, people say, well, you don't want to have um, yams or maybe you, you do want to have yams. So I think there's a lot of back and forth around foods that may um, help to bring out natural estrogen. So we, we understand that as our hormones change in our body, and again, it's very different for different people at different ages, uh, we have to be um, aware of that. But I have to say that I believe that the science around, uh, around hormones is, is still a little uh, weak. And so we, um, we're learning, but I, I sort of, as you can see, I'm hesitant to say, you know, this is good or this food's bad sure. because of hormones, because I think that literally every time I read a study, it's shifting me into think the, the opposite thing almost of what I thought before. And, you know, I, I've learned this over my years, honestly, Shannon, because um, when I was training, we, we used to use a, a medication for asthma in the ER. I mean, we'd like literally give you an IV and give it to you. It was called theophylline. And we later found out, I mean, in every, we were giving it like, you know, that was what you got as soon as you came in. And we found out like 10 years into it, that that was the actually antithesis was the opposite of what we should have been doing for the body and that the body was not processing this and it was causing the asthma to become worse over time. So it, it really is, you know, we, we have to move with the science. We have to lean into it. We have to be open. And I think it scares people because people say, well, my doctor told me, or I read this and I want, you know, everyone just to come maybe even out of this, this podcast, realizing that, um, you know, medicine is very much as much an art as a science, mm-hmm. about 30 to 40% of what we know is actually evidence-based. And we have to sort of go with what we think is, is good at the time. But again, um, you know, would love to hear any thoughts you might have. And I'll, I'll talk to uh, questions specific about any hormones or things that you would like to address. But I don't usually bring those up in this context because I do believe it's rather- So many moving parts. Yes. Yeah. It's rather fluid. Yeah. Uh, you talked about soy. What are your uh, thoughts and feelings on chickpeas slash garbanzo beans or whatever you want to call them? Yeah, they're they're good for you. I mean, chickpeas are good for you. And you know, again, it's you don't want to sit around just eating one of anything. I mean, you know, say I think of any of these foods, and I always talk about these fiber-rich foods because these are fiber-rich foods as well, right? So you have to be um, cognizant of that because when you start to eat a lot of beans, a lot of lentils, any of us who've done that, right? In quantity and maybe remove, you know, when I went vegan and removed all the meat and everything, the dairy and started just eating beans, I had like gas all the time. <laughs> I was, and bloating. You know, cramping, bloating, uh, you know, sometimes I drink something and go seem like it went right through me. So you do have to let the body adjust over time to these things and it will, but you have to sort of go slowly. So uh, anything that you're eating in very large quantities, you know, you just have to, the, the body's going to sort of tell you, Hey, slow your roll, <laughs> slow your roll. Exactly. Slow your roll. And, uh, you know, give me some time to sort of make the adjustment. So those are, those things are good for you, but again, you know, we don't need to eat, you know, handfuls all day. Right. Yeah. 
we're we're big uh, hummus lovers in this household. Oh, I, I you know I'm a hummus lover as well. So and it's delicious and it is you know hummus is an interesting thing as I've I've introduced sort of the the vegan attitude, if you will, to people who are, are not at all vegan. Uh, hummus seems to be one of those ubiquitous things that you can kind of get around the corner, you know, <laughs> like you kind of right. bring it as an appetizer with a little pita bread, you know. <laughs> yep, exactly. The offering, you know. <laughs> How go. do you feel about eggs if you're going to be introduced? I know eggs fall into the meat category for I guess science studies, but not in my book. But yes, I know technically well, they know, call it I, I don't exactly. I think that you know, <laughs> eggs are not meat. <laughs> so some I people say they fall into the yeah. meat. Oh no, I'm vegan. I, know, I don't eat eggs. I'm like, well, they they call I it dairy, eggs. right? You know, it's 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 an interesting ph- phenomenon. There's again, it's um, it's like all my life I thought vitamin D was a vitamin. It's not. It's a hormone. So you know, <laughs> those kinds of things. But. Uh, I don't believe that you shouldn't eat eggs. And again, we've see, we're seeing uh, a number of studies coming out now in support of eggs again, right? We went away right. from eggs. Now we're coming back to eggs. I, I do eat eggs. I think that um, sometimes I try to limit the yolk a little bit just because of the cholesterol, but not completely. I might use, you know, a one yolk to two egg whites or something like that kind of combination. But I don't think that eggs are, are bad for you or bad for people with cancer in general. I love eggs. Now you just brought up an interesting point that, uh, and of course, high in protein. And again, if you're, you know, you have to, you have to balance everything. So we're talking about generally people who undergo significant weight loss during treatment. And so, you know, it's important to eat something that's sort of easy to eat. Eggs are easy to eat. They're easy to make. You can can do so many different things and do so many different things with them. So, yeah. So then there's that. (laughs) You just brought up an entirely separate podcast episode, which is cholesterol and eggs, because there's always a study that, you know, it's not cholesterol from the eggs that cause high cholesterol. It's from inflammation in your body that causes the high cholesterol. Yes, so yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Well, so you know, many, it's always like, you know, adding cholesterol on top of, you know, right. <laughs> you know what you're adding. And that's the issue we were, we've been talking about, right. It's extremes, you know, so what are you putting in your body generally? And, you know, are you putting in some cholesterol? I mean, no one's saying you shouldn't have any cholesterol. You do need cholesterol. Yeah. So I'm very, I'm very hesitant always with these diets that just remove, you know, entire things like, okay, no more carbohydrates and no more, you know, this is, uh, I don't think healthy. Right. Well, and vegetables have carbohydrates in them too. So there's that. Yeah. So, um, real quick, I just want to touch on real quick. Cause I don't want, uh, I know the listeners could sit and listen forever and I could talk to you forever because I love talking about like the body, the health, nutrition, you know, ways to prevent way to, ways to help cancer survivors, um, through their journey and, you know, how to prevent it from happening again. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. how to healthy, healthily, how to healthily, healthily, healthily. I just made up a word <laughs> gain the weight back you know, if you've lost too much weight and then how to also, you know, lose the weight if you've gained too much, because there's always that whole dynamic that goes along with treatment as well. But, Mm -hmm. um, so my brother is vegan Mm -hmm. and I'm not. And so it's always interesting because I'll, I'll watch what he eats. And you talked about, you know, sugars and things like that. And, you know, I notice a lot, um, not a lot. That's, that's a big, (laughs) big, that's a big word there. Many, some, vegans, vegetarians will have more carbohydrates. So it's like the sugars and the carbohydrates, but you're trying to remove the stuff that's not good for you, but they're substituting, they're not thinking about that rather than meat. So I always think that that's always a really interesting, you know, topic of conversation. I, I, you know, I'm just telling you that myself, right. With the vegan brownie thing. Yeah. (laughs) That's what, that's what made me think of it. I was like, I'm jotting that one down. 
Yeah, you have to pay attention. And um, yeah, so it's, you know, you have to look at your total calories. And I think it's the best way. I never tell people to calculate, even cancer patients, you know, don't calculate and looking for, you know, just pay attention to your weight. If you know that you're in a situation where you're trying to change your diet, check your weight twice, twice a week. That's about how much you should often. And if it's, a, if it's increasing, you know, you're going in the wrong direction. If it's decreasing, you know, you might be going in the wrong direction, especially with a cancer diagnosis too. So, and that's the time to get a dietitian really involved with you. Uh, if you're going in that, you know, weight loss journey, um, we're doing a study right now with the university uh, from Cape Farms where we're looking at uh, people who've lost about, you know, 2% of their body weight um, when they've started cancer treatment to initiate Cape Farms to help them, right? Um, so that's not a good journey. You don't want to be losing weight when you have cancer. It's just not where you want to go, um, generally speaking. Uh, and it can be very rapid for people. And all of a sudden they're cactic. And, you know, there was a time in history where there was starve the patient, starve the cancer you know, was actually the mentality. So you had a lot of cachectic, really, you know, unbelievably emaciated people walking around, which was just a horror show mm-hmm. for them and for, you know, for, for everything, for the, for their uh, ultimate survival. So, you know, we're really, really getting away from, from that. But I, I am um, a strong believer that you have to be, you know, careful. You just have to watch what you eat, no matter what is happening in, in, in your life, just pay attention. Educate your body yourself. will tell you very right. often. Right. And for me, when I first started, you know, because you also feel like you're a little hungry at first, when you go toward more vegetables and less meat, and then, you know, you do have to add some more protein. That is one of the reasons why I drink Cape Farms to make sure my protein stays up. If I'm having like more just, um, you know, vegetable type things during the day and I don't throw enough, a lot of protein, I don't really, for myself, I don't like to use a lot of the, um, you know, substitute meats. So that's not my thing, but that's helpful for people too, that use the, uh, you know, the vegan meats that are protein. So, you know, you just, you have to sort of measure and sort of pay attention to your body and know that if you're feeling hungry, don't, don't rush to the carbohydrates. That's, that's what I would say. Drink more water, drink more water. Right, drink more water. <laughs> and the other day I heard uh, Dr. William Lee, he was, he was good. He said to, he said something like, uh, when you stop eating when you're 80% full. So I was like, well, how do you know that? And it is, but you know, when you're eating, there does come to a point where you're feeling like, okay, that's probably good. But then you continue to eat. Right. You know, just because the flavor is good or something. Yeah. <laughs> just stop and, you know, take and also eating slowly. Mm-hmm. not to rush your food because you don't get satiated quickly. Right. So it takes a little time for satiation. So I'd say eat more slowly and then you have an opportunity to feel full and you don't have that feeling of, and I think drinking the water at the end of the meal, I don't um, say it as a substitute for, you know, some people will drink a lot of water and then they don't eat enough and then they're hungry in 15 minutes, you know, so there's that too. Yeah. We're, we're, you know, we're, we're all kinds, right? (laughs) Exactly. What would be the, um, what would be the first thing that you would suggest to somebody who is newly diagnosed and maybe the answer is the same for newly diagnosed and going through treatment, but what would you say is the first thing that you would recommend that somebody changes in their nutrition, um, as soon as they're diagnosed? I'd say, you know, focus on your nutrients and get the most nutrients per calorie. You know, like literally think about, I know I need to have these food groups and how am I going to get that into my body in a day? You know, so start to really focus much more than 
One might be focused in your everyday life. We should always probably know this and be focused for this, but we're not. So I always say to people, when you're ill, that's the most important time for you to be getting your nutrients. And so the body has, is, is able to heal, right? So I'd say first, you know, order is make sure you're know, you know, you understand what nutrients your body needs and then start to, you know, get the calories out of that, that are nutritious. If you want to eat your, you know, um, your, your brownie vegan or not, if you want to eat those things on the side, okay, but you know, make sure they're in shorter measure and you're paying attention. So I think it's attention to that because food is what sustains us. It is the most important thing we can do for a healthy body. Food is our medicine. Yes. Food as medicine. And also of course, you know, moving the body for exercise. It's all, you know, this is all a gift. We have amazing bodies yep. um, and we've been given a, a very special gift. So to, to sort of abuse it or to, um, you know, not pay attention to it is, is, is a little bit to me like a crime. You know? Right. Every um, day you wake up, you're given yeah. a choice to make a change. There you right? are, you know, every, every day you wake up and there you are. My mother used to say, <laughs> is, would that recommendation be the same for if you're going through treatment or would that just be as you're newly diagnosed? Because I am a firm believer that I'm grateful that I was healthy when I had my diagnosis, because I really felt like that helped me with my recovery, you know, speeding it up and the way I felt and just everything. Yeah. So it's through the whole time. Yeah. As soon as you, you know, newly diagnosed, you have an opportunity. Um, Certainly there's usually a hiatus right before you start treatment or something like that. And generally it can be like a month, two months before people start treatment. And so during that time, let's, you know, (laughs) shore it up, right. Just start really getting on the, on the wheel and on the pattern that you think you want to go through. And it also sort of stops some of the worry and some of the other focus that's not necessarily the good focus. So I think if you focus like on what am I going to eat, which, what can I do to help my body and make a strong body that that's just such a positive focus. You'll have a lot of people that want to help you. There's so much information. Uh, And again, I know online gives you a lot of contradictory information, but there are a lot of wonderful things like people talking, like you're talking, Shannon, Uh, there are sites, you know, the Cleveland clinic, the Mayo clinic places where we know we're getting generally good information and we can go and say, okay, this is sort of the bones of it. And then you're going to use that as a way to fashion your own, you know, sort of dress onto those bones. Like what, what is it good for, for me, Cynthia, for me, Shannon, for me, whomever, right? Because we're all just a little different mm-hmm. and we have to respect those differences as well. So, and it's also something to, to focus on that you can control because yes. a lot of times when you get that diagnosis, you completely lose your freaking mind and you're like, you feel like you're out of control. You feel like you're spinning. It's like so much information. You're overwhelmed. What do I do? What do I ask? What can I change? Like, you can change that. You can change that one thing, whether yeah. you move, whether you change what you put in your body, whether you drink more water, what, your mindset, um, mindset is always number one for me, but yes. you know, and I would also recommend a recommendation I've, uh, I've, uh, given to people after I saw one of my doctors, I was a chief medical officer of a hospital system in New York years ago. And one of my, my chief of orthopedics did this wonderful thing, which nobody was doing back then. Cause you know, wasn't, wasn't in that time, if you will, he would record his discussions with patients and give it to them when they left. 
That's awesome. And he said, you know, it's like you tell somebody you're getting ready to have surgery and immediately everything you say after that is like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because, uh, you know, the husband's there. He's thinking, oh, who's going to cook? Who's take care of the kids? The wife is like, who's going to cook? Who's going to take care of the kids? Right. Who's walk the dog. Who's going to, you know, and they everyone just goes off into their planning and worry. Right. So I would say when you go to the doctor, record the session on your phone. Just listen, ask the questions you want to ask and record it so that you can go home and really listen in your own time, in your own space, and then potentially ask further questions that might be helpful to you. So I would like to just throw that in here. I know it's not about, uh, you know, what we need to eat, but it's, no, it's so about what, what helps us be, be well. And uh, what's your favorite Kate Farms product or products? <laughs> oh my goodness. We, you know, when I start, so it's the company has grown so much. We were, you know, we're still, we're still just like 200 and something people. So we're, uh, uh, we're not as big as our competitors, you know, we're kind of like the, the David, <laughs> David and Goliath, but I will say, uh, we have, you know, a myriad of, of products. I don't know that I, I have a favor for myself, which is a nutrition shake, um, because that's just something I drink every day. But we've got, you know, pediatric formulas that are, are good for kids, for cancer patients in particular. We've got something called our, our 1.4, which I mentioned earlier on. It's just hypercaloric. So it's got, you don't have to drink quite as much of it. It's called the standard 1.4. And that comes in um, vanilla and chocolate. And so, you know, people get a little variety, which I think is also important um, when you're going through chemo in particular, you know, you taste uh, changes. Mm -hmm. And so you will have those changes and you will want to make some changes in, in what you're um, eating and drinking a little bit based on that too. We didn't talk about that. Um, and then we have uh, our new products, our, our glucose, uh, uh, our glucose control and our um, renal support for people who have, you know, are tending toward chronic renal disease or dialysis. And of course, for so many uh, Americans who are uh, near diabetes or having, you know, di issues with diabetes. And then, you know, there's a myriad of our pediatric formulas as well. And I know that's a little less your audience, but we've got pediatric formulas. They might have kids. Are, yeah, that's true. And their um, peptides, our peptides are to support kids who have, um, you know, sort of more major digestive issues uh, who are one year and older. And they are enteral formulas, meaning that they can go into G-tubes and, and J-tubes. And then we have uh, the oral formulas as well. So. And is uh, the, the pediatric stuff, is that just for cancer? Or is that like, maybe have a picky child or somebody who's just like sick, not necessarily cancer, Absolutely. but I mean, I have definitely a lot of my friends. Um, and in fact, a lot of us in the company, you know, buy cake parts uh, for, for kids that we know, or people who have picky, uh, picky eaters, or, you know, some kids are a little below weight these days, you know, it's the opposite of some of the problems we're seeing with obesity in kids. There are also mm -hmm. kids who are a little lower weight, uh, who may need to improve their, their weight. And eat a little better. So definitely for those kids as well. And again, as supplement for kids. So, sure. you know, if you're going out and you know, it's going to be a long haul, it's a good thing to have, you know, to bring traveling road trips, kids, whatever traveling, yeah, road trips and have it uh, for adults too. So that's what I do. I carry very often, you know, Cape farms with me uh, during the day. If I know I'm going to maybe run out of time for grabbing the lunch, or maybe I definitely don't want to do the drive through anywhere. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's it's funny you say that because in talking about kids is I've instilled in my daughter, she didn't really have a choice because I've always been involved in health and fitness or whatever. And um, we were driving by the other day and I was like, we're at a stoplight. I'm like, there's a Taco Bell 
And I was like, you've never even eaten at Taco Bell. She's like, no. And I never planned to ever. And I was like, that's right. Like she's never, I've never taken, and maybe I took her to a Wendy's for like a frosty one time. Otherwise she's never even been to a fast food restaurant. Well, that's been a huge change for us. Right. So that, you know, when I was growing up, we didn't have these fast food chains. So there wasn't that option. And I think that it's created an, unfortunately, generally an unhealthy option. Some, you know, some have some sort of quote, quote unquote healthy choices, but, you know, overall, we know that they're not the most healthy option and it is an easy option and can be considered a time saving option. But, you know, I just want to recommend to people just, you know, start to look on, you know, start to look online. There's so many menus out there and cooking, you know, tips out there for eating healthier that are quick. It's not that it costs more and it doesn't necessarily have to be more expensive. In fact, you know, meat is very expensive. Uh, so if you're trying Especially to now, look, yeah, you're trying to look at the, you know, the, the checkbook and the, and the bank account, uh, this might be a time to be thinking about eating a little bit more uh, fruits and vegetables as well and getting that out to the market. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So if anybody wanted to reach out to you um, for nutritional advice, they can reach you. Uh, certainly. I'm at Cynthia.Ambrus at CakeArms.com. And I'm just very lucky that I'm surrounded all the time by wonderful dietitians and people who are incredible, who inform me and help me. So um, both within and without the company. So very happy to, um, you know, have an opportunity to, to help as many people as we can. And everybody needs to go check out katefarms.com. And as a bonus for listening, there is a discount that we are providing you um, 20% off until December 31st of 2022. It's a one-time use. You get 20% off and you can use the code BUSTINOUT20, B-U-S-T-I-N-O-U-T-20. And that'll give you 20% off. Please go over to katefarms.com and check out their products. Check them out for yourself, for your kids. Maybe you have someone you know with kids that could use them and, and try something different. Like you said, you know, the, the price of foods these days, like might not be a bad alternative. So um, go ahead and check them out. They have some amazing products. And I love that you've put so much work and effort into providing such great products for, you know, not only cancer survivors, but those that just want to be healthy and for pediatrics as well, because, you know, a lot of times we forget about all the nutrition that the kids need going through the treatment as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. So important. And all of your contact information and the links to Kate Farms and your discount will be in the show notes. So you are always welcome. And uh, I cannot thank you enough for being here and spending the time and sharing your knowledge with us and uh, introducing not only myself, but my audience to Kate Farms. Those of you that maybe you already know about Kate Farms, I did not know about. So I'm very grateful to learn about that because I love to be able to recommend good products to other cancer patients and survivors and thrivers. And now I have a new product. So I'm happy. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Absolutely. And something for you to try yourself when you're on the, on the move. <laughs> I'm always on the move. If I'm not showing exactly. houses, I'm helping thrivers. So there we go. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Shannon, thanks so very much for having me. And it's just such a pleasure. And I love, you know, being able to share whatever I can share with people. You know, it's my knowledge is just accumulative of so many other people's efforts and researchers and doctors that I've learned from and RDs and ah, just amazing people that I've learned through all my life. And, you know, yeah. It's good stuff when we can all come together, right? And share, share our knowledge. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So again, all the information, all the contact information for Cynthia will be in the show notes, your discount code and all that will be in the show notes as well. And every way that you can reach her. 
Thank you so much for listening. I hope this week's episode has somehow changed your life with a smile. If you're looking for guidance through your breast cancer journey, including your recovery, but don't know where to start, let's chat. Also, if you'd like to be a guest on this podcast, know someone who would be a great guest, or you even have a topic idea, email me at smile at shannonburrows.com. Until next week, live well, laugh often, and love much.